الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما هذه الحياه الدنيا الا لهو ولعب وان الدار الاخره لهي الحيوان لو كانوا يعلمون فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم احب البلاد الى الله مساجدها وابغض البلاد الى الله اسواقها او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم every moment of our life we are benefiting from the innumerable bounties of Allah tabarak wa taala every second every millisecond shaykh sabir rahmatullah states when a person takes one breath that one breath requires two sugar When he breathes in, that happened purely by the bounty of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala not made it possible for him to breathe in, then that would have been the end of life. So already that requires sugar. And after having taken in the deep breath, and having taken in the air that Allah Ta'ala has provided for free, now if he cannot exhale, and that gets stuck within him that too will become the end of life so he needs to make sugar on being able to take that breath and he then needs to be able to make needs to make sugar on being able to have exhale and in order to make that sugar he need to breathe again so this will be an infinite process it now come to an end and therefore this is the pinnacle of a mu'min's expression of sugar. That he says, Allahumma la na'a, Allahumma la uhsithana an alayk, anta kama athlaita ala nafsik. Ya Allah, I cannot thank you for your bounties enough. I cannot praise you as you ought to be praised. You are as you have praised yourself. That this is the pinnacle of a mu'min's expression of sugar that he expresses his inability to make sugar. And from all these bounties and ni'mat that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, the greatest bounty, the greatest ni'mat, the greatest favor that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with is this benefit and bounty and ni'mat of Iman. Everything else will stay behind when a person leaves his world and people are living every moment somebody is going. When a person leaves, he leaves without all the possessions and material things of this world, what he leaves with is his Iman and his Amal. This is the passport to Jannat. Without Iman, person cannot land on that end. So this Iman is our most valuable possession. And a person who understands that this is his most valuable possession, he is ready to sacrifice anything to protect this Iman. Nothing must come in the way of this Iman being harmed, damaged, in any way whatsoever. 
So one of the most crucial things that affects this Iman, positively and negatively, is the environment. Environment the person puts himself in, and that is what really environment is. Where we put ourselves in. Or what we make the place to be of. Person's home is his own environment, depends what he makes of it. And otherwise, where he puts himself in, where he goes to, that becomes his environment. So one of the things that has a very dramatic impact on this Iman is the aspect of environment. Physically, this is also something we understand perfectly well. Person is walking outside and coming to the masjid. Because of the heat outside, he obviously feels the heat. He comes inside the masjid, it's now cooler here. He's feeling cooler. The only difference is he's coming to a cool environment, so he's feeling cooler. When he goes back onto the road, he'll feel the hot, the heat, because it's in an environment of heat. So physically, this is something as clear as daylight. The same applies spiritually. The type of environment the person will be in, if that environment is conducive to Iman, then his Iman will improve, it will bring the nur of Iman in his heart, and that inner light will now attract him to other aspects of light. A'mal that are a'mal of light. Actions that are filled with nur. Because light attracts light. And if he's put himself in an environment of darkness, environment of zulmant, environment of sin, then this environment is going to impact on his heart, it's going to impact on his iman, it's going to fill that heart with zulmant, with darkness, and then darkness is going to attract darkness. It's then going to take a person towards those type of actions that are filled with zulmant, filled with darkness. And this much is a unanimous view of all the ulama, the muhaddithin, the fuqaha. Al-Iman al-Yazidu wa Yankos, this is a very technical discussion. But this much is unanimous that in terms of the quality, in terms of the strength of Iman, Iman is never constant. There's never a moment that Iman is constant. It is either improving or it is deteriorating. One of the two. There's never a moment is constant. And when this iman is improving, it increases the person's zeal for good deeds. He feels comfortable in a good environment. He feels happy to be in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. He feels very much at home in the masjid. He feels very much elated to be reciting the Quran Sharif. His nourishment becomes vigor. Serving deen and sacrificing for deen becomes his breathing. And he feels very, very much at ease and at peace in aspects of deen. And when the envi- environment has impacted negatively on a person's iman, it has caused the darknesses and the zumba to enter the heart. Now the person feels very much uneasy in aspects of life in things that are filled with the nur of Allah from Allah's side. Reciting the Qur'an Sharif now becomes very, very burdensome. 
But reading some filthy novel will be very, very relaxing for you. Because the taste buds have been affected. Like a person who is severely ill, the bitter things taste good to him. And give him something sweet to eat, he says it doesn't taste good at all. Because he's ill, this is a sign of illness, the sign of severe illness. So the crux of it is that the environment is a very crucial aspect. And this is something Nabi Islam has highlighted, has emphasized. And in a very beautiful example, Nabi Islam has highlighted what is the impact of environment. And Nabi Islam gives a parallel example. says, مَثَلُ الْجَلِيسِ الصَّالِحِ وَالْجَلِيسِ السُّوْحِ Example of a good friend and a bad friend. Now this is an example of a friend, but the friend makes up our environment at that time. Who we are with, he has become our environment. So a good friend, what is his example? Nabi Islam says, misk. Like a person who sells itter, perfume, scents. And the example of a bad friend, wanafikhil kil, an iron manga, blacksmith, somebody who deals or works with iron in those days, in the olden days, the person would work with, he would have a furnace with a blazing fire in there, and he would put the iron in the blazing fire till it turns red hot, and then he would stamp it with a mallet to shake it. So Nabi Islam says that the good friend, his example is like the ether seller, and the bad friend is like this iron manga. Then he expands the example, how many will miss that this itar seller, if he is your friend, the person goes to visit his friend. When a person goes to visit the friend, the friend wants to sometimes share something. So what will he give? He'll give what he keeps, what he has. And he keeps itar, that's all he has. Everywhere in his house, in his car, in his pocket, he'll have itar. Is that what he sells? So if he gives somebody something to him, he will give him bitter, he will give him something excellent. It will freshen the person's heart and mind. And supposing he doesn't give, but a person goes somewhere, he sees something, he gets attracted to buy. That is why we should be careful about where we go to browse. Many people say, I didn't go there for any other reason, I just went to browse. But when a person goes to browse, he ends up buying. When we go to browse in the wrong environments, we buy a lot. Our hearts will buy a lot. And Allah knows best what our hearts will buy. So if He doesn't give you a gift, you'll end up buying something, you'll buy what you see, you see later all over. So you'll buy also something very good, something wholesome. And supposing He doesn't give you anything, you don't buy anything, merely being in His company, because He has ether all the time, you are certainly going to get the fragrance of liquor from him. So in other words, in that company you can only benefit. To some degree or the other, you cannot leave with any loss, you benefit. The least is you will get the fragrance of that liquor, that too will freshen your mind. So that is the example of a good friend. That the good friend you will go to his company, either he will be a very active friend, he will give you something. But they only will give you something good. It's time for salah, let's go to the masjid. Therefore, I give you some very good book to read, which is an authentic book, which will inspire you. 
He might give you some CD to listen to or some bayan which might inspire you. Or he will give you something, tell you something that will, he will give you some advice that will be of benefit to you. So that is an active friend. Otherwise, maybe being in his company, you will see him doing the right thing, you'll get inspired. So you can only benefit in that good company. And the bad friend, now the person has an iron manga as a friend, he's going to go to visit him. This person is working with his fire. So the sparks are flying all the time. So what is if he takes some spark and gives you that is worse? But even if he does not intend to harm you, those sparks that are flying will fall in your clothes. And it will end up burning you. So either this friend it's going to actually give you something to burn you. He might say, I'm smoking something, you also join me. Or I'm looking at something, you also look what I got. I have something on my phone which I'm very glued up to. So you also, uh, you've come to visit me, so you join me. Or I'm going to certain vice, then you come along. Least that will happen is that you will still breathe the very, very toxic fumes in that environment because that furnace is burning all the time being in that company will certainly bring some thoughts of evil in your mind and heart now that company is environment and that environment will make or break a person it will either take a person forward in imam or take him backwards in imam and this is something that is as clear as daylight now we think normally of company and an environment as merely human company. Whereas company is a very, very broad thing. We have heard this many times that a book is a person's best friend. Could be, could be his worst enemy also. This depends what kind of book it is. It could be his worst enemy, it could corrupt his, his akaya. But that is his company. Either the company is taking him forward or the company is destroying him. A person's phone could become his worst enemy. Because he's sitting and looking at all haram on the phone. What is going to be the end result? That impact, that fumes, that toxic fumes. And these are not toxic fumes only. These are huge sparks. Actually complete. The fire itself is jumping out of there. And it is burning the heart right deep down into the recesses of the heart. Burning the person's akhlaq burning his haya, burning his taqwa completely, burning everything that Iman stands for. And Allah forbid, over time, it has burned many a person's Iman also. But he has sold his Iman to fulfill those fantasies that he picked up from these things. Now that was his environment. That is his company. So that phone wasn't his friend, it was his worst enemy. He's sitting and watching something we have on the box, that could become his worst enemy ever on earth. So the environment has a very dramatic impact. And therefore Nabi Salaam has highlighted this in another hadith. When Nabi Salaam says, that, The best of all places on earth in the sight of Allah Ta'ala are the masjids. Because the masjid is the house of Allah Ta'ala. It's a place where somebody would come, even if he comes totally blind. He had no intention whatsoever of doing anything positive. But he comes and sits in the masjid so he sees only positives around him. 
somebody is performing salah, somebody is making tilawat of the Quran Sharif, somebody is making zikr, he also starts getting inspired to do something, to recite some Guru Sharif at least. And وَأَبْغَضُوا الْبِلَادِ إِنَ اللَّهِ أَسْوَاقُهَا The worst of all places on earth in the sight of Allah Ta'ala are the marketplaces. Because all the kind of haram takes place unfortunately there. Now a person will say, but I have to go. My job is there, my work is there, my business is there. So a person goes to the toilet also. But when a person builds a house, then the pride of place is not the toilet. But the house is not complete without the toilet also. Out of necessity he goes. But he goes there for the least amount necessary. He doesn't go there to entertain himself. The bazaars and the malls and all the other whatever avenues they may be and whatever things are put together for the sake of people's entertainment, this in the light of the hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, The most detested of all places on earth, in the sight of Allah Ta'ala, are the aswaq, plural of soap, the aswaq, the marketplaces. These are the most detested of places in the sight of Allah And these are places where a person has to go to buy something out of necessity, he'll do his work, and he'll get out of there in the shortest possible time. And he will go there with great amount of concern that my iman mustn't get impacted on. He'll be making the dhikr of Allah. He'll return from there like he has gone into some place that was heavily polluted. He'll return and disinfect himself with this tikhfar, with the dhikr of Allah. So these are not entertainment places. And unfortunately, this is the thing that destroys a nation. When a nation revolves its life around entertainment, there is no harm in taking a break from the normal routine of day-to-day life. But a mu'min takes a break also, not in a way that breaks his iman. A mu'min takes a break, not in a way that breaks his deen. A mu'min takes a break in a way that he's still well within the limits of Sharia and Deen. He doesn't put himself in the middle of all the nudity on the public beaches and rivers because he's very, very concerned about looking after his Imam. And that environment is an environment that is not conducive to Imam in any way. And this is such a situation that Nabi Islam has dramatically emphasized this in a practical manner. That what is the effect in an evil environment? When Nabi was on his way to Tabuk, so on the way he had to pass through the ruins of the people of Samud, Hijr, the nation of Rasulullah Sallam, who were destroyed. Before Nabi Sallam reached there, many Sahaba had already reached. Because Nabi Sallam should remain sometime a little behind. So by the time he got there. There were some wells that were active. Not only the ruins were there, nobody was living. The people were destroyed centuries ago, thousands of years before. Some wells were active because people would travel past, they would use the water from here, so the wells were active. So some Sahaba had already reached beforehand. So wherever there's water in those days, that was a big thing. You fill up your containers, you use the water. So they had already filled up their water containers. They had already used some of the water to make their flour, their, their dough for the bread, for the roti. And by that time, Nabi Sallallahu arrived. As he still just came along, and he was now 
aware of what has just happened. Somebody probably informed him, he asked what is going on. So when we have come, we have used the water, we have filled our containers, we have made our dough for the bread. The beast now he said, throw that water away immediately. We need to keep in mind that this azab came on the people of Samur thousands of years before this Nabi Sallallahu is passing through. Thousands of years before. Nabi Sallallahu says, throw this water away. That bread, that dough that you have made with this water, discard that as well. Don't they eat that. Then Nabi Sallallahu says to Sahabi Ikram, don't they go through the place of those people who have oppressed themselves and have become the target of the wrath of Allah Taala? Don't even cross past them. Except that you be crying. If your eyes can't cry, then at least your heart should be crying. Unfortunately, people go to places where there's some calamity has befallen. Some disaster came, people go to the Dead Sea to go for an entertainment as a tourist attraction. These are places where Azad of Allah came, where the people of Lutal Islam, because of the terrible deed of sodomy that they were involved in, this was such a terrible deed that the punishment came in Gulia, that the angel lifted this entire village up to the heavens, to the sky, and turned it upside down and threw it with such force that that became the lowest point on earth. That to this day it's the lowest point on earth as a result of the force with which the angel threw it from the sky. And people go there where Azab has come to entertain themselves. And these thoughts will say, don't even enter there except that you may be crying. Out of fear that that Azab and punishment that came upon these people came upon whom? The people of Samur. Thousands of years before. Out of fear that this azab must not befall you. Then the Bishlasu himself goes past. How does he go past? Summa qanna ra'asahu wa asra as-sayr hatta jazal wadiya. The Bishlasu covers his head with his shawl. He doesn't even want to see the place. He covers his head with his shawl, completely covering his face. And then he quickens the pace of his mount, of his animal that he was riding. And he very quickly passes through out of necessity to pass. So he passes through with speed, he's gone. And in this practical manner, Nabi Sallallahu gave us a lesson that we should never be in an environment that is inviting down the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. We don't know when the wrath could come. Allah Ta'ala saves Allah Ta'ala protect us. And at the same time, that the effects of that play of the azab of Allah Ta'ala remains though thousands of years have passed, remains in that water remains in that environment. So out of necessity, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi to pass, but this is how he passed. Being the Masum Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, who Allah Ta'ala's divine help was with all the time. But he didn't take chances with the environment, out of ta'aleem for the ummah. In one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu says, that, that a time will come before Qiyamah, when an army will march towards the Kaaba Sharif, with the intention to destroy it. Can you imagine what a deed, what a terrible intention to demolish the Kaaba Sharif. But فَإِذَا كَانُوا بِبَيْبَاءَ مِنَ الْأَرْضِ يُخْسَفُوا بِأَوَّلِهِمْ وَآخِرِهِمْ They will come to some open ground at some point. Long before they reach the Kaaba Sharif, the entire army will be swallowed up into the earth. 
So somebody inquired over the of Allah, everybody will be swallowed. The awwali him wa him, every last person. How can this happen? Because with that army, as normally the case is, there will be people who just joined along. Somebody took a lift. Somebody just went to spectate what's going on. They went to browse. Somebody just wanted to make some, do some business on the way. This army has to buy things, they have to eat, they have to drink. He went along for business. He didn't go to destroy the Kaaba Sharif. So all these people get swallowed up. Nabi Islam says, Every last person will get swallowed up in that time. The azab will engulf everybody. On the day of Qiyamah, the person will be raised according to what he was intending to do. So in the dunya, when the azab comes, it takes everybody in his wrath. Whoever is in that environment at that time. So a mu'min is very, very conscious of his iman. He does everything to protect his iman. He puts himself in the environments that enhance iman. He will go out in the path of Allah, ta'ala. He will sit in the halqa of ta'alim in the masjid. He will have ta'alim in his home. He will be in the company of the ahlullah, the pious. He will take that ether of that friend of the Qur'an Sharif that will illuminate his heart. He will take that ether from all the various good amal. He won't come anywhere near the toxic fumes of all the sin and the vice dens and all, all the things that harm and destroy the heart. He is very, very conscious and very protective over his imam. Because life could go in a moment and when life goes, none of these things will come. He will have to live with his iman and amal. This is the only thing that will help him in the akhirah. Therefore, these are the times, especially in this time of the year, as mentioned earlier, nobody says that it is haram to take a break, but we don't break our deen in the process. We don't break our iman. We don't break our akhlaq. We don't break our haya, modesty and shame. We don't break the commands of Allah ta'ala. Rather, we conduct ourselves in a way that all the time our iman is being enhanced. Then Allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'awana. Alhamdulillah.